Hello and welcome to episode 11 of El Vanilo. It's good to be here at the podcast that looks at the greatest albums of all time and the history around it. My name is Matt and joining me, the ebony and ivory of El Vanilo, Adam. Wondered where you were going. Nice to see you. How are you? To see you nice. Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you. You okay? Yeah, I'm very good, I'm very good. It feels like a long time since we've recorded a podcast because the last one we did early, this one we're doing late, mm-hmm. it's been like a week and a half maybe, or oh, it can't have been that long. Definitely more than seven days though. A long, a long week. Uh, missed it, but it's uh, it's good to be back doing it. It's good to be back. Any highlights from the last week? Um, I think the big highlight, as we all know, I'm not going to forget this one, it was your birthday. Come on. Which was a lot of fun. I had an Indian, uh, Indian in the Rain. Um, That's it. Which will be the title of my self help book. It's like uh, <laughs> Chicken Soup for the Soul, Indian for the Rain, Indian in the Rain. Um, yeah, it was good. It was a lot of fun. Um, so that was definitely, definitely one of the highlights uh, for me. How about yourself? Yeah, that was a highlight. I had a great birthday. It was really good. Uh, I. Uh, so it we got a curry and it was my wife's first ever curry, which was crazy. She's never wanted a curry because she, you know, she's never liked it. And so she had a curry and she enjoyed it, which was amazing. Maybe she just had a bad experience of it. And then it started tipping it down, didn't it? It like poured down because we're still like in lockdown. You're only allowed seven people. I think there was eight of us come at me, Mr. Cummings. Um, so there was eight of us and uh, we all get under this little gazebo thing and I put my curry down and the dog starts eating my birthday curry. Absolutely furious. This is the same dog I said I'd forgotten about <laughs> four weeks ago. Well, I'll never forget him now, will I? He wanted to leave an impression on you. He just wanted to uh, to join in the festivities. You can't, you can't blame him. There's food at eye level for him he doesn't get that opportunity often it's true so. it's true another highlight mm. it's coming home the football's back football's back come on Brilliant. have you watched any of it Adam? i have i've watched i've watched a fair bit um i watched newcastle um beat sheffield i think it was sheffield united, united. yeah beating 3-0 um i watched of course the wonderful city um, going well, they're playing tonight as we record this as well. Oh, are they? Uh, I watched the. Is that why you asked us to move it forward? Uh, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> that's why I asked right. for us to record this earlier. Um, and I watched the V Derby, um, which was one of the most boring games of football ever. Everton couldn't do us a favour. Um, never trust a toffee for anything. Also, rubbish. I would be very unhappy if I was an Everton supporter because they're just. Rubbish. I've tried to back them a few times because I don't want Liverpool to win. And it is just the most... I'm just unhappy when I'm doing it. They're just so <laughs> boring. They just, they're just they just rubbish. They can't do anything. No wonder. All of them are bitter. And yes, oh, I'm mainly thinking sad. about our uncles there. Bitter, bitter blues. Can't deal with it. And if you know a bitter blue in your family, there's help out there for them. Get them the help a, that they need. I've got a soft spot. In my heart for Everton fans, really? I really, yeah, because they keep going with it. I've got a soft spot in my heart for Everton, but I mean, I, I'm not an Everton fan. I'm not a Liverpool fan. I watched the derby. I asked 
Becky to watch it with me. I was like, Becky, it's, it's going to be so exciting. Football's back. The Derby's here. It's going to be so great. And then she stopped after about 10 minutes. And then after after 90 minutes, she asked me, oh, what was the score? I said, oh, no, no. <laughs> it was actually a pretty... Not a, uh, not a yeah, shining advert for the Barclays there. But uh, you know what? It's better than nothing. It's I'll good say. that it's back, isn't it? It's good that it's back. Once again, we're, we can't get haircuts, no. but football's but back. Football. I tell you what, how mad, how mad. <laughs> but there you go. Well, it's you know, we're getting there, aren't we? We're getting there. Uh, so this week's album was Talking Book. And you know what? This is exciting because somebody is going to win this album at the end of this podcast. So stick around. So Talking Book by uh, Eddie. Eddie? Eddie. Eddie Wonder. <laughs> Stevie Wonder. <laughs> I was going to say Eddie Van Halen for some reason. I th- is there a song by Van Halen about a book? I think I'm cutting this bit out. Please don't. <laughs> no. That is incredible by Eddie Wonder. That Motown <laughs> hero. So, Talking Book is by Stevie Wonder. And the album came out in 1972, uh, which was the year before last week's album that we did. So uh, we're kind of in the same ballpark. Uh, but, you know, let's talk about 1972. Adam, what have you got for us? Uh, so going on musical events, uh, starting with them, um, a certain Paul McCartney, uh, before he's in trouble Ooh. for growing, Ooh. before he's got in trouble for, for growing, uh, the gracious herb um, was in trouble. Uh, not in trouble. Sorry, he started his new band, uh, Wings. They debuted. Uh, he debuted with them. Um, uh, their live debut at the University of Nottingham. Um, and our mum always tells the story whenever she sees Paul McCartney. She goes, seen him live because he played a show at the school that she uh, she attended, um, at the all girls school in Liverpool. Uh, Holly Lodge, I think it was. I could be wrong there. Um, my mum will tell us if I've got that wrong. Um, so she always goes on about how she saw Paul McCartney and Wings Live. Um, and in 72 was when they got their music started. When this is all over, mm. we should go and see Paul McCartney. Oh, I'd love to. Um, we we should make it a thing that needs to happen. I've always said I don't want to see these artists like uh, Bob Dylan, Paul McCartney, because they're getting on a bit. But now, after all this, I'm like, I've got to go and see them. Yeah, I mean, he's... God love him. He's past it. His voice is not good at all. But I think it's okay. No, no, I think his voice is well past it. Um, but his band are really good, and he can still get up and down. Um, and he's not as embarrassing as Mick Jagger because you'd want to go and see Mick Jagger. He's a skeleton on stage. Don't understand it. Um, but speaking of live debuts, uh, also in '72, ELO, the Electronic Light Orchestra. Uh, make their live debut at a pub in Croydon. I think it was called the Fox and the Hound. Um, so they they made their debut, uh, and also Elvis does the first of four concerts at Madison Square Gardens, and he sold out all four shows in a single day. Um, because that is the power of the king. Even after his heyday of the sixties and the fifties, he's still drawing them in. He's getting fatter, he wants to wear white jumpsuits, but people still want to see him. Women still swoon over him. He's still the king, um, so he's still got it going on. Uh, some other events that happened in 72. I've got to tell you, 72 is not a happy year. I, I tried looking at some historical events. There's not a lot that's happy, so we'll we'll end with the, with the happy stuff. 
Um, but going straight into it, uh, in the at the Olympic Games that were being held in Munich, there is a terrorist attack that happens in seventy two. Uh, 11 Israeli athletes are murdered by members of a gang called Black September. Uh, they were a Palestinian militant organisation that were kind of born out of the conflicts that were happening between Israel and Jordan, Palestine and, and uh, Egypt. Um, and that starts way back in kind of the mid-60s um, with the Yom Kippur War and all that. I, I would urge you, um, look at the Arab-Israeli crisis and the Arab-Israeli conflict that happened in kind of the late 60s early 70s because there's a lot of a lot of things that go on um, and it also kind of sets up the scene as to how we kind of came about with things like al-qaeda and 9-11 and you know things that happened you know during our lifetime so they, they get murdered at the olympics so they're athletes yeah. and they get murdered there yeah so um wow yeah, 11, 11 terrible. yeah i think i think some of them got held hostage as well um it's so sad but all of them all of them died. There is a, a film, and I don't know whether it's it's true or whether it's a a kind of inspired inspired by. by. But there's a film called Munich, which is about uh, the Israeli secret service eg- exacting revenge for these eleven murderers. Um, because there's three uh, of the terrorists who make it out alive, and the rest of them kind of get gunned down. And um, yeah, and this is in Munich as well. It's kind of yeah. like. It's ironic, but not in a good way. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. And um, this is the first time anything like this has ever happened at an Olympics. So there's no such thing as a counter-terrorism force or counter-terrorism right. unit. Right. But after this, at every Olympic Games from there on out from 72 onwards, um, yeah. there is a very increased presence um, for kind of anti-terrorism. I think at the 2012 Olympics, I remember hearing a news story how there was going to be rockets placed on rooftops um, wow. just in case anything was going to happen. Um, so wow. like these Londoners were going to have these like anti-aircraft missiles and stuff just in case anything was going to happen. Um, so sad, isn't it? It really is sad. It's a real, yeah, real indictment of, of the world. Um, but the scandals and the and the, the heartbreak don't end there. Um, in 72, the Watergate scandal also happens. Um, so the Watergate scandal is a bit of a long drawn up thing, but basically it, it was a break-in at the Watergate Hotel um, which was to basically wiretap and steal some information to get President Nixon re-elected. Um, Tricky Dicky, as he's known, um, Richard Nixon. So it it worked, he got re-elected, but they were also found out um, and he resigned in 74. And so he kind of resigns in disgrace. Um, he's pardoned almost straight away by, by Gerald Ford, who comes in after him um, for some strange reason. Gerald Ford's like, nah, it's fine, he can't go to prison for it. Um, but Tricky Dicky is uh, is forced to resign. Um, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a mad one. Uh, the minor strikes happen in the UK. Um, so they strike for 47 days for better pay. Uh, and it works, they get a pay rise. Um, but that's the first time that they strike um, since 1926, I think it was. So they had all this time of, of kind of working and getting on, but then they say enough's enough, we need better pay, better conditions, and, and they strike for it. And it's successful, and then probably one of one of the saddest things to happen, in possibly in seventy two, along with the the eleven Israeli athletes that were murdered, and um, was Bloody Sunday, which was where fourteen unarmed Catholic pro- protesters are gunned down by the British army, and um, so they're there protesting the um, occupation of of Ireland, Northern Ireland, um, by by the British. 
something that's been happening for 300, 400 years. Um, and they're just gunned down. Um, and they're completely unarmed. And I, I believe it was a bit unprovoked, but I'm sure that someone might say different. But, um, yeah, so that's come to be known as Bloody Sunday, which, which provokes a lot of art and a lot of music. I know you too um, have a song about Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Um, and there's a few other people as well. Um, Paul McCartney released a song in this year, um, which I think is called Give Ireland Back to the Irish. Um, and it actually reaches like in the top 20, but the BBC ban it. They don't, they don't want it around because obviously they're the British Broadcasting Corporation. Um, so that's Bloody Sunday. And then to end on a lighter note. Great. Um, Atari create the first gen of video games with the release of Pong. So Pong with the two paddles, um, which starts off the video game craze um, in 72. Do you want to know some people born? I would love to. I would absolutely love born. to. Uh, everyone's favourite health enthusiast, Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, I thought I you were going to say Mr. Motivator. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Motivator's getting on a bit. I yeah, think he's Mr. definitely Motivator not born in 72. Mid-60s, but he's looking good for it. Uh, he's looking better than Gwyneth Paltrow, anyway. Uh, so, our, our, our Gwyn, she was, she was born in 72. Ben Affleck, Batfleck, one of the best. Uh, our kid, Liam Gallagher. Shine. And speaking of shine, little Mark Owen from Take That. <laughs> Great. Wow. The same age. The people that were born in 72. And that's some of the things that happened in 72. As I say, not a happy year, um, but that certainly sets the scene for the type of world that um, this album that we're going to talk about was being brought into. Yeah, yeah. Just to, to lighten up the mood. Mm, please. Who's your favourite Gallagher? Um, oh, it swings up and down. I mean, Noel's a Tory, which is deeply upsetting. No, he isn't. He is. Don't. Please don't. Yeah. Another a, songwriter a, down the bin. He's a little rich boy. That's a bit, he's gone a bit, bit Tory-ish. Um, I, I do like Liam. He's just funny, isn't he? Um, he's a bit abusive, but he, I guess so. Yeah. I uh, heard this funny thing. Do you think... If Man City, this is a, f- a football podcast, all of a sudden, tell you what, if Man City win the Champions League, you know, they're doing that mini tournament thing. Oh, yeah. If Man City win the Champions League, will Noel Gallagher still appear, even though it's locked down in the changing rooms <laughs> to celebrate? No. So um, he's I think, always there. Yeah, you'd be hard-pressed to stop him. Um, I will give that to them. They've never... They, they sometimes sit with the fans as well, I think, at least... At least um, Liam does. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, good, good northern boys. I mean, um, that would fit his Tory image if he was found to be breaking lockdown, well, wouldn't it? So <laughs> All cut from the same cloth. But I think we can, regardless of their political stance, and I can't believe I'm saying that, I think we can both agree that the, the Gallagher brothers have just brought so much to music, even in their solo careers, just, just brilliant. Yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Mm. Talking about music, some uh, notable music from 1972. I couldn't find very much, I'm going to be honest, but um, the rise and fall of Ziggy Stardust and Mm. the Spiders from Mars, brilliant album. And this is a deep cut, right? If you're under the age of, I don't know, 30, I bet you haven't listened to this album or these set of albums, but Europe 72 by The Grateful Dead, right? Is like their peak 
set of albums and you know the grateful dead have this thing where people they encourage people to bootleg their stuff and so there's always people at their gigs recording uh, the albums and recording away or the live sets even to make them into albums and so there's loads and loads of europe 72 albums like probably like 20 or 30 of them and it is peak grateful dead if you want like a beginner's guide to what the grateful dead are like because they're this amazing like they're so dynamic that sometimes they're really rubbish you know what i mean (laughs) and sometimes they're really great like it's like they're fighting with themselves on stage and so that's what i really like about the grateful dead is you know they're just kind of sometimes music masters sometimes you know the worst thing you've ever listened to which is just crazy really so Europe 72. Check it out. They're really great live albums. So there you go. And then obviously, uh, this album, Talking Book by Stevie Wonder. And this comes at a time when uh, Stevie Wonder is, you know, if you don't know much about him, basically, I mean, we all know Stevie Wonder is a celebrity now. It's kind of the same as Elton, isn't it? But as um, a musician, he was like a child prodigy. And he was picked up at a super early age. He released loads of albums in the 60s, um, did the whole Motown movement. Like, this is like as a kid. Um, And then here, he's like 21 years old. And he's finally finding his sound. So it's gone from like, um, I don't know, it's kind of like Justin Bieber, baby, baby, baby. And then what he releases now... Back then, he didn't really have much say of it or about it, but now he kind of has his say. Or a good example is our good friend. I mean, no, he's not our friend, but we talk about him often. Harry Styles. This is a good example, yeah, good isn't friend. it? Our good friend yeah. Harry has it. Uh, <laughs> so, like, he, he was in the boy band. He did all that. He did the industry machine thing. But then he finds his own sound. And Stevie Wonder is just like that. And Stevie Wonder has found and is working on these really great um, keyboard sounds. So it's not just about the piano anymore, but it's these different sounds now. And he's got a load of new keyboards in the studio. Uh, And so, I mean, this album is really great, but it's one of three albums that just get better and better and better. And so, uh, and it's part of him going from like i hate this phrase but from a boy to a man you know what i mean like as an artist as like he's becoming his own artist rather than just the singer uh, so there you go so that's kind of the little bit of the background um to where stevie wonder is up to at this point in his life and i think we often think about him as like a a wedding dj must <laughs> with like superstition but when yeah. you put superstition into this context, it changes things around, I think. And it, you put it, it's actually got a much darker emphasis to it. It's got great sounds on it. Um, it's actually more psychedelic than I ever thought and I've ever heard at any. Um, it's like that fusion uh, like of, of funk and psychedelic that we were, we were talking about throughout the 70s and the early 70s that we've already covered. And that's what I kind of pick up on. What did you think of the album, Adam? Um, I I thought it was really good. So I've been a I love Stevie Wonder. I've been a Motown fan for years. Absolutely love it. Temptations, Marvin Gaye, 
Diana Ross, the Jacksons, give it all to me, give me all. So I knew Stevie Wonder, but I only knew like the hits. And there were a few songs on here that surprised me. Um, but Stevie just doesn't, he doesn't seem to write a bad song. You'd think, he, you'd think he'd drop off at some point, but I, I really don't think, I really don't think he has, and especially not from this album onwards. Um, that opener, just, you are the sunshine of my life. Everyone knows that song. Yeah. But it's just, like, the, the piano sounds on it are great, as you said, the keyboard sounds. I wonder, I put this down a minute, is Stevie Wonder the king of the love song? Because he might just be, and I know there's Lionel Richie, and I know there's, you know, Simply Red, and I know there's other, but, you know, My Sherry Amore, You Are the Sunshine of My Life, um, I Just Called to Say I Love You, that's just that's just a few. Like, he writes these brilliant love songs that people just sing all over the world. So um, For the sake of this week's episode, why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, why yeah. why not? <laughs> I'll crown him that, absolutely. <laughs> and on that note, um, You and I, which is my favourite song on the whole album, Okay, I've replayed nice. this song several, several times. Um, it's just brilliant. The piano arrangement is beautiful. I think it's accented by the by the keyboard sounds that are kind of layered over this hopper, but it doesn't necessarily need them. If I, if I could have one criticism of the song, I think it'd sound beautiful, just his voice and the piano. Um, but his vocal range is just brilliant. Like He can do the deep, deep-ish low, but then he can also just hit really high notes. And this is a lad at 21. Like, and his, his voice is already so mature, obviously, because he's been doing it since, like with Michael Jackson, you know, they've both been doing it since they were like six years old, 12 years old. Um, but he's just got a bit of maturity in his voice. Um, so, yeah, you and I, especially that end when he just is hitting those notes and the pianos, the chords that he's hitting. And the reverb um, and delay on, like, mm. his voice is really... Just sophisticated. It's like a really sophisticated love song. I really like mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's so many. There's not a lot of bad... In fact, I don't think there's any bad songs on this album. One of the good ones with a little Easter egg in it. Uh, Maybe Your Baby. Mm. Uh, do you know who features on that song? I saw that there were some features. Um, there's a big guitar solo, right? Is that this one? There is in... I don't think I don't know whether oh, that's this one. There is a bit one. of guitar in th- Oh no, there is a bit of guitar in this one. Um I, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to tell me because I'm So on this one, it features Ray Parker Jr. Now that name might ring a bell even if you don't know. Ray Parker know. Jr. The fella who who created and masterminded the song Ghostbusters. Yeah, come on, I thought it was. So you think, oh okay, what's he doing on this? What's interesting? So the, I've just got a little note about the Ghostbusters theme song because it's really good. So when the theme of song of Ghostbusters was released, Huey Lewis sued Columbia Pictures and Ray Parker Jr. for copyright infringement, stating that Parker's song was too similar to Lewis's I Want a New Drug. However, before um, Ray Parker Jr. did Ghostbusters, the studio went to Huey Lewis and was like, do you want to do the Ghostbusters theme? And he was like, nah, don't really want it. So, like, he passed up on it and then sued them anyway. He didn't want um, to become the guy in the 80s that no. just did the soundtracks because he'd just done um, Back to the Future. He did. And he did. so he didn't want to be that guy that did them all, but he should have done it. He should have done he it. He should have done it. He'd have smashed it. He'd have, he'd have done really well. I think it would have sounded, it'd have sounded very different if he'd done it. Um, and remember when and we talked about John Travolta, like, literally smashing the charts and, like, every mm. film and thing? That's what he would have been like, but better. 
100%. So, yeah. Um, and one underrated Huey Lewis song is the uh, the theme for Oliver and Company, the uh, the Disney oh, yeah, version nice. of Oliver's just uh, the animated one. Are you sure that isn't Billy Joel? No, no, Billy Billy Joel does the voice of Dodger, the dog in it. Uh, um, oh, but the song, a... he just does the intro song, um, Once Upon a Time in New York City, I think it's called, or something close to that. Um, beautiful intro, uh, but that's that's Huey Lewis. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's just a few things on Ray Parker Jr. Um, and uh, and Huey Lewis. Uh, but bringing it back to to Stevie Wonder, the final one, of the final songs that stood out to me was their uh, Big Brother. And on first go, as soon as it kicked off, I thought, okay, is this going to be some kind of tribute to a brother that, that dies or something? But no, it's actually one of Stevie Wonder's political songs um, that he has a few of. Happy Birthday was a bit of a political song because it was campaigning for Martin Luther King Day. Um, and he does another one called You Haven't Done Nothing, which is about clearly some present or something not doing any ethical. But Big Brother, um, it's got this, it got this line in it about... Um, oh, you only come around and visit. I live in the ghetto. You only come and visit when it's election time. Um, and he's just, even at a young age, using his voice for for these issues. You know, the civil rights movement isn't too far in the past. Um, and it's only 1972. There is still a long way. Integration in schools hasn't been in that long. Um, you know, there's still um, a lot of segregation around the country in the in the early 70s in America. And uh, and clearly Stevie Wonder's using his voice and his platform, um, through his his records to uh to bring light to that. So yeah, just it's a very mature album for a very young. I was quite surprised. I didn't know he was only twenty one. And this, I knew he was young, but I didn't realize he was only twenty one. Um, yeah, and very mature. For there's different thing. sounds on this album as well, isn't there? Like mm-hmm. Big Brother has like these great guitars on and things like that. He just amazing just sounds so good so so good and i really enjoyed listening to it some songs that stood out for me were all the ones that you said uh, you are the sunshine of my life maybe your baby really good like a deep slow groove you know when we were doing sly and the family stone th- this is what i wanted this album it's like it's clean but it's dark you know what i mean like i can hear everything it's got great sounds in it I think this is the perfect example, and I, I'm sure that Stevie was influenced by Sly and the Family Stone, actually, uh, just by hearing this. But um, yeah, uh, and then you you've got it, bad girl was a really great song, I thought. And then superstition, just you know, let's not overlook it. What a great song! Yeah, yeah really good. Song. I never knew that it kind of transitioned straight into another song. I know. I, I always knew. thought it just faded out because obviously wedding DJs do. But uh, yeah, brilliant, and it just it goes in. There's quite a couple of times that happens in the album where it just kind of snaps into a uh, into another one. There was another one as well. Um, another song. I don't know whether I've got it written down. Um, I think it was I believe, which has a really deep rumbling sound. This is clearly one of the sounds that he'd been working on. Um, a really deep rumbling kind of synth bass almost uh, rumbling on the background which I really really enjoyed it made me kind of sit up and pay attention um, but overall just uh, I really enjoyed it fantastic mm. album yeah really good album really enjoyable listen wasn't it uh, so there you go right we are going to compare it to another album but before we do that we're going to go for a break so uh, grab your drinks get comfy We'll be back in a minute. 
Okay, welcome back after the break. So we're going to compare the Talking Book album uh, to Stratus Blue by Smooth and Terrell. And Smooth and Terrell are a British group hailing from Gateshead in the northeast of England. Uh, And so, Adam, I'd like you to do your best um, impression of someone from the northeast saying Stratos Blue. Do you want Newcastle or do you want Sunderland? Let's go. You can pick. I mean, whatever's easiest. And you need to say as well, um, Northern Funk. Mate, go listen. Stratos Blue, right? Go listen to that Northern Funk. Absolutely love it. It's proper mint. Can I believe it? Go around. Bop a maid to it. It's absolutely mint. <laughs> and that is our Geordie character that will be popping off every now and then. That was pretty good, you know. That was yeah. better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't try me. So Smooth and Terrell, I want to try you because it was so good. <laughs> uh, Smooth and Terrell are a British group hailing from Gateshead, uh, as we just said. And they play a style of music called Northern Funk, um, which, you know what? As soon as I saw the term Northern Funk, I was like, come on, up the north. I can, it's like a contemporary fusion of funk, soul, like a northern soul, hip-hop, electronica. And the band has a, a, a number of different um, members and um, a few previous members as well, but quite a big band. Um, and just, just they had their own dancer called Fez. Oh, is that like Bez from the Happy Mondays? Yeah, except he's northern. Huh? Well, I mean, Bez I mean, was so northern. Bez. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Manchester. Even more northern. More northern. Got it, got it, got it. <laughs> But yeah, and so uh, they've released five studio albums, and this is their latest, Stratus Blue. What did you think of this album, Adam? Um, so I was very excited when you told me it was a funk album, um, and then the first song uh, kicks in, Do It, and I was very excited. I was like, yes, it's got Jamiroquai vibes, it's got that kind of slap bass, it's got cool drums, it's got cool kind of synth sounds, great vocals, love it, great energy. And then my excitement really dipped really quick. So the album for me started at like a 4.5 and then it dipped quickly because not really any of the other songs matched the energy of the first one. Um, Fade Away came close, um, but it still just didn't have it for me. Um, I don't even know how to describe it apart from Jamiroquai vibes. It's the only way I can describe it. Um, Or like, I don't know... um, Shaka Khan vibes I don't know but it, it's just the rest of the album didn't have that for me and I was a little bit like oh, okay mm. like it's it's a good album um, you know their arrangements are really great really solid the vocals are really great um, the arrangements again really great but just it lacked what I wanted it to be um, which is no one's fault but my own um, yeah but uh, yeah so I was disappointed but i still i still enjoyed it it was a good listen but yeah. for some reason like i've got a really similar point of view like it sounds so clean i didn't enjoy that it like sounded too perfect and like i, I don't want to be harsh because there's nothing wrong with this album at all like it's really really good but maybe it's like a songwriting thing like it just didn't stand up as great tunes you know what i mean like it had great vibes, although a little clean for my taste. It was like pretty cool, pretty summery, but I felt like it just lacked a bit of songwriting, really. 
um, something to sing along to. But but the musicianship on the album is really great, isn't it? And you know, and there's some great song titles as well. The Northern Coal Experience. Come on, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. I can get behind that. So yeah, really, really good album. But when you put it up against Stevie Wonder, and we say this every week that you know. It's got to be a great album to stand up to some of these great albums, hasn't it? But Definitely. but that's why we do it, Definitely. to show how good these albums actually are and how hard it is to create an album that sounds that good. And so a great album and Northern Soul, I can get behind that, you know. But um, And Northern Funk, oh, so good. But yeah, maybe, maybe we should go back and listen to some more of their albums, see if they're any different. But a very yeah, clean definitely. production. But um, but there you go, yeah. There you go, yeah. I don't, yeah. It's just when I hear the word funk, I want a particular thing, and maybe that's again my issue because I've not explored the genre as well as I should have. But I want, I want chic. I want Nile Rodgers. I want Jamiroquai, which are two different types of funk. I understand that, but <laughs> it's it's what and I want. <laughs> this definitely has that like kind of electronica hip hop thing mm. to it, doesn't it? Like. And it, it kind of plays, it's very 21st century rather than yeah, maybe what our palette is when we probably prefer a 20th century palette, you know. Absolutely. That's no one's fault but ours. No so, one's you know, but ours. No one's but ours. And so would you rather um, this album by Smooth and Terrell? I love that album. I do. I mean that album. I love that uh, name, Smooth and Terrell. And the smooth, you have to like, smooth you have to drag it out yeah. but um would you rather that album or would you rather the stevie wonder talking book i think it would be a crime to get rid of the stevie wonder album because weddings would be missing um you know superstition to say the least as would you know generic wedding cover bands um which i've been a part of so no shade Me too. Me too. no shade um so yeah, I'm I'm keeping Stevie Wonder all the way. Uh absolutely. Nice. Mm. Okay, me too. I think I'm gonna keep that too. Um but you know what? Let's get on to ratings. Mm. I think you're gonna be a bit disappointed, but I'm giving it a two. The Stevie album. Really? Yeah, it just wasn't I don't know. I wow. probably won't ever listen to it again. Wow. It's like personal taste, isn't it? Like I just there's nothing wrong with the album, but I just didn't enjoy it that much. But um, and, and this is a spoiler alert. But when we do inner visions, mm. like that, okay, and that's the next Stevie Wonder album. So I, I totally understand what Stevie is like moving up to, and like I think this is a great album and it holds its place. But I mean, you know, we're moving to something special. So there we go. So that for me, it's a two. Unfortunately, what about you, Adam? Four point seven. Oh, we're going to point seven. I've, I, it's got to be more than a point a point five. Um, and, and I tell you what, moved it up those two points. Just re-listening to that, you and I constantly. I I have fell in love with that song. Um, and if I could play piano and sing like Steve Wonder, I would. I would play that song constantly. Oh my word, it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's other other things about this album, like I said, that are just absolutely great. So, so for me, it's a four point seven. Um, so it's almost a perfect album. That's what you're saying to us. Yeah, it is almost a perfect. It's not quite a perfect album, um, but it is almost. 
Well, that's great. I'm really glad you found an album that you can call a 4.7. <laughs> said no one ever. <laughs> it's not a sentence that it's going to catch on. Well, fair enough. Shall we do our giveaway, Adam? Let's do the giveaway. Come on. So we have been so blessed this week by all of you getting involved, getting on the social media, seeing our jumpers for the first time, which have, you know... We are enjoying them, if nobody else, you know, at the moment. Uh, and, you know, the the feedback that we got and just the interaction that we got, we really loved. And we really loved uh, working with Phoebe, uh, Dustin Grace. Uh, I can't stop thinking about Dustin Grace. This week, I've just laughed and laughed <laughs> at Dustin Grace. Like, I have just loved that so Debut much. album coming soon from Dustin Grace. Come on. I've been, like, Googling country stars that nobody knows of. Yeah. To try and put like in group chats as Dustin Grace for them, <laughs> you know, and it's been so good to partner with her, and I think it's something that we'll be doing again because we've really, really enjoyed it. It's been a great experience. So, mm. uh, thank you for those who got involved. Thank you for those who left a rating. Uh, thank you for those who bought uh, something from Phoebe and used the Elvanilo thirty code. Unfortunately, that's over. Done. It's all over. No and the competition is closed. Boosh. Yeah, I wish get we some had big sound on effects. Doosh. You do it again one more time and I'll uh, put some reverb on it. Boosh. Watch for that. Great. It's going to be great. Watch for that. Amazing. And so we have uh, all of our people in a generator and we're going to you know, find out who has a one you know what we gotta do before you do it Go on. you gotta scream all together spin that wheel got to do it okay so the winner is drum roll please drum roll. quiet in the audience i'm not even gonna put sound effects over it it's just gonna be us doing fake ones <laughs> <laughs> just me and you waving around. <laughs> uh, right, the winner of the Elvanilo jumper and uh, the talking book final is Lucy Jackson. So congratulations. Whee! So good. Thank you so much for entering. Thank you for those who haven't won this time. There will be plenty of opportunity, I'm sure. But Lucy, get in touch. Uh, DM us on Instagram is probably the best thing to do and we will sort out a jumper coming your way so there we go but thank you so much everyone who got involved we had a great week uh, getting involved and all about that merch life all about that merch life it was great to see so many entries um, like, and some people going nuts on it some people putting in a lot of entry tagging a lot of people liking a lot of pictures and that all adds up it's so, uh, so when we next do it, everyone, if mm -hmm. you're feeling yeah. a bit sore from missing out, that's what you got to do. You got to be in it to win it. As they always say, you got to buy a ticket to be in the raffle. And for those cheeky people that tagged me and Adam, doesn't count. Ooh, does not count. count. They were just trying to be a bit of bit of nepotism there from it. Well, she always wanted a shout out. She's getting a shout out. Lydia Courtney, constantly trying, you know, let me win, let me win, let me win. No, 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 no. It's not how it works. Not how it works. Got to be oh, in it nice. to win it. But yeah, so we love doing it and we'll be doing more stuff like this as time mm. goes on and as the podcast grows. Mm. If it's the Lord's plan, you know. <laughs> we'll wait and see. 
<laughs> Amazing. Okay, well, we've reached the end of the episode. Oh, here we are. Uh, and so thank you so much for listening. Why don't you still subscribe to the podcast? If this is your first time, you're so welcome. It's so good to see you. Well, we, I say that every time. We're not seeing you, but it's so good to have you here. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Elvanilo and Twitter at uh, Elvanilo2. I'm at Matt Courtney Music. Uh, Adam, yours is? Uh, Adam Courtney 95 Brilliant. And, you know, if you've enjoyed this, why don't you leave us a positive review on iTunes and a rating as well? Uh, they are so helpful. Adam, if people want to leave a review, but they mm. want to have an inside joke, what word should they get into the review? Oh, oh I like this. This could be good. Uh, if you can get the word Geordie, in if you can slip it in somewhere um geordie then uh, you will get you will get 20 coal points that's what you'll get 20 <laughs> coal points and a bucket of gravy oh uh, chips. i'd love a bucket of gravy that sounds great good mate Absolute amazing beauty so there we go if you can get it in a sentence get in there and we will all have a laugh together this little elvinilo community amazing so uh, remember, listen along to the albums before you get here. Uh, next week's albums, I am so pumped about this. Next week's mm. albums are Dusty in Memphis by Dusty Springfield. And we are going to compare it to Punisher by Phoebe Bridges. Okay. So there we go. To- Confession time. Uh, go on. I've never listened to Dusty Springfield. I don't think. Apart from Son of a Preacher Man, that was here, wasn't it? Um, see, no idea, but uh, this will be my first time, first time with Dusty, and I'm glad to be going to Memphis with her. Yeah, amazing, um, amazing. There we go. Look there is a, there's a song, I'm just looking it up now, it's Son of a Preacher Man mm. was her song. Um, oh, good. What, who's, you know that famous Silla Black song? Anyone Who Had a Heart? Yeah. Surprise, surprise. Okay. Anyone Who Had a Heart, right. The yeah. dusty version is much better. Ah. I know. Speaking of versions, so apparently, uh, I do know this, Son of a Preacher Man, I think, was first offered to Aretha Franklin, um, and she passed on it, um, and then Dusty picked it up, and then I think afterwards, Aretha Franklin was like, oh, actually, no, I want that song, and so did a cover of it. So I think Aretha Franklin does a really, really good, wow. uh, really good cover of it. Mm-hmm. So that might be one to check out after, Amazing. of course. Listening to Dusty in Memphis. Yeah, so Dusty in Memphis, a brilliant album from 1969, which is really great. We've actually already talked about it, but only in passing. Uh, So, yeah, so I'm excited about that. And Punisher by Phoebe Bridges. So uh, we're looking forward to having you along for the ride. Uh, Can't wait to episode 12, and we hope you have a great week ahead. Uh, So have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Ciao, guys. See ya.